It's good to be with you this first day of the year. Uh, it's kind of fun to have a combined service of our classic uh, and our contemporary services. Thank you, Dan, and, and the group for leading us in worship. And it's also fun to have children and students with us. We usually don't get to have them, and so we're, we welcome the children, we welcome the students, and if there's movement and noise, that's a good thing. Uh, lots of churches wish there were children running around and, uh, and making noise, and, and we are thankful for that. Well, uh, about uh, 12 years ago or so, when, when my wife, when my family and I first moved here uh, upon Calvary's calling us, the church gave us a navel orange tree. And I quickly planted that little tree and then uh, watered it and kind of waited for it to, to give us uh, oranges. And it took a couple of years for it to produce oranges, but, but when it did, we were really happy. We, we had so many that, that we got to share them with our family up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and, uh, and, and, and we were just having a good time. And then a couple of years ago during the pandemic, we had this terrible freeze, and it just uh, shocked our tree. We had to prune it, and, and it, took, it took the tree a little time to come back. This year, it gave a crop again. It was a small crop, but, um, but it was good. It was sweet, and, uh, and we enjoyed it. And I was able to harvest the last orange right before this new freeze hit us. And so uh, I covered the, the base of the tree. I don't know if that does any good, but it made me feel good that I was able to do something for the tree. The tree seems to be doing okay. Uh, but, you know, uh, when, when I think of that tree and the joy that it has brought and, and the oranges that we watch grow on it, um, I, I, I'm reminded that the best trees in the world do not give fruit year-round. You know, you, you don't get oranges all year long, do you? And the best orchards in the world do not give a good crop every year. At least they don't give their best crop every year. I'm not a farmer, but... But I know enough to, to understand that, that fruitful trees have a cycle of rest, of pruning, of growing, and then bearing fruit. That's the way the trees work. That's the way God made them. And as we start the new year, I, I think we would do well to learn from the fruitful trees. I think we would do well to to learn from the cycle of resting and being pruned, letting God prune us and growing and bearing fruit. If we want to be productive in 2023, that, that we would learn how this works, that we too need cycles in our lives that are healthy. And that's why I've entitled today's message, Healthy Rhythms, and that's what we're going to talk about. And our text, our primary text, is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. It's the, the allegory of the vine. You're familiar with it, uh, and we're going to look at it again today, I hope, from a little different angle that we are used to doing. And it reads like this, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Well, uh, as we look at this passage, one of the things that, that I think needs to be established is that Jesus designed discipleship to have healthy rhythms. That's the way Jesus designed discipleship. This allegory of the vine uh, is to teach what a true disciple is about. Jesus wants to, to tell his disciples, this is how you are truly my disciples. This is how you will distinguish yourself from the disciples of other rabbis. This is what, what it really means to follow me. And as he's given them that, uh, that description, that, that allegory, we, we readily identify that a true disciple bears fruit. That's, that's what verse 8 says. The last part of verse 8, this is, uh, or, or the whole verse says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That is the ultimate, that is the ultimate evidence that you are a true follower of Jesus is that you bear much fruit, that you are a productive Christian, that you are a fruitful follower of Jesus. It is the evidence of that. Fruit, uh, fruitfulness means that that we lead people to Christ. It means that we make disciples. It means that, that in very tangible ways, we love people, we show our love for people, and, and, and we live out the kingdom. Um, and, and then the Lord gives fruit through us because of what we do. But although this passage ends with this idea of fruitfulness, which we have talked about on, on various occasions, and we could say much more about it, Jesus wants us to know more than just that. He doesn't just want to tell us that if you're a true follower of Jesus, you should be fruitful. That's important. But he wants us to know that, they, that the vine has healthy rhythms of rest and of pruning and of growing and then bearing fruit. And that's the way that Jesus says discipleship works, just the way it works in the vine. You and I need to have seasons of that. We need to have seasons of, of pruning. We may not like that. We, we are so geared in our culture to be productive. We, we feel guilty when we're not doing anything. We feel guilty when we're not working. And we feel like the only way to please God and the only way to grow spiritually is to do a lot. But, but I think Jesus wants us to know that there are seasons in our lives where we need to focus on pruning, we need to focus on rest, we need to focus on growth, and then allow God to bear fruit through us. Mike Breen, uh, who uh, talks a lot about disciple making, 
has developed a, a, a graphic that I think is, is very helpful. We, we call it the, the semi-circle. It's, it's a semi-circle of healthy rhythms. And, and based on this passage of John 15, um, we can see graphically sort of a pendulum. And uh, many of our young people may not be familiar with pendulums because everything is digital, but the old grandfather clocks had a pendulum. And the way you know that the clock works is, is when the pendulum moves and, and it, it can't stay on one side, it can't stay on the other, it can't stay in the middle. The pendulum is constantly moving and when the pendulum is moving, the clock is working. Well, well think of these healthy rhythms, these cycles of, of a fruitful vine and a fruitful disciple as a pendulum. And in this pendulum, there's constant movement between bearing fruit and abiding in Christ, between being pruned and, and resting, between uh, growing and working. Uh, when we think about bearing fruit, uh, you think about what God has done through you this last year. And you would do well as you think about 2022. What are the things that God has done through you? What are the lives that have been touched? What are the ways in which uh, children or senior adults or vulnerable people or new followers of Christ or people who are far away from Christ, what are the ways in which you have touched their lives and, and God has produced fruit through you? It's good to pause and think about that. Uh, it is honoring God and it is a way for us to, to be thankful for his work in our lives. And then there's this idea of pruning. What, what does pruning look like? Well, pruning is, is, is a time of evaluating, of saying uh, these are the things that didn't go well. These are the things that still need work in my life. These are the things that need to be cleaned up in my life. And, and I know that this is a time when people make New Year's resolutions. I, I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions and, and I've, I think I've told you why before, but, but I do think it's important to evaluate and to identify where are the areas that God still needs to work on in our lives? Where are the areas that, that are not producing fruit? Where are the areas that are, instead of contributing to being a fruitful follower of Jesus, are, are taking away from it? And then resetting, allowing God to, to uh, work on those areas, say, being intentional about that. And then there's this idea of abiding. Abiding is resting in God's presence. Abiding is simply being. You know, discipleship is about doing, but it's about being. Abiding is being in Christ, is resting in him. It has to do with worship, personal worship, corporate worship. It has to do with being in communion with Christ and knowing and remembering that all of our strength, that all of our ability to produce, to be productive comes from Christ. And that's why we need to stay connected to him. And, and, and it speaks of rest. Rest uh, is, could be worship and worship requires rest. And then there's this idea of growing. A, a vine has to grow. It, it can't stay the same way. And that's why we prune the, the branches that are dry, that are not producing fruit so that all of the energy can go to the other branches and they can grow. And, and for you and me as a follower of Jesus, growing means learning. 
It means developing. It, it means maturing. It means getting stronger in the faith. And then finally, there's this idea of bearing more fruit. It is being more productive than before. That, that as we grow in Christ, we will bear more fruit uh, if, if we follow his pattern. And each of those stages are important. You shouldn't skip them. You shouldn't bypass them. You should not stay in any of them permanently. It's a pendulum. It's a cycle. It's a rhythm. Bearing fruit, serving the Lord, serving others is important. Ministering to others is what God has called us to do. But none of us can serve and minister 24-7. We're not made like that. I got an email this week from, from one of our church members who, um, who, who, who is a, a counselor. And she said, we don't have what we need to be present with suffering without taking time away to be renewed in Christ. Uh, even in our ministry, we need that. When it comes to pruning, we, we need to evaluate. We need to uh, cleanse. We need to reset. But, but if you're always pruning... <laughs> You, there's going to be anything left. You're going to be depressed. If, if you're always thinking about the ways in which you should improve and, and always trying to set goals and, and, and just thinking about the way that you fail and, and you don't do well, then, then that's not good either. Abiding in Christ is important. Having communion with him. Resting in God. Resting in all kinds of forms, resting personally and physically and mentally and, and spending time with your family, that's all important. But you can't stay up in the mountain forever. You, you got to come down sometime. I, I know some of you wish you could stay there. You, could, you wish you could stay in the upper room. You wish you could stay in the inner uh, prayer closet. But we got to come down sometimes. I had a professor in seminary, uh, his name was Calvin Miller. And, and he said, you shouldn't be so heavenly minded that you know earthly good. And I think that's right on. Uh, we, we, we look toward heaven. We look to Jesus. We look to the Father. But, but we can't stay up pie in the sky. We, we, we have to come down and interact with our world if we're going to be productive. If we're going to be fruitful. Growing is important. And it's necessary. But it's not expected to be our focus always. That's why here at Calvary we have, we try to have cycles and rhythms. I know there are some people that want us to have Wednesday night ministry year round and not take a break in the summer. They want man church to go on forever and woman church to go on forever and uh, our uh, instituto in Spanish to go on forever. But, but the reason that we don't is because uh, you're not expected to, to be a part of every guide group, every training opportunity all the time. Growing is important. You should have seasons of that, but then there are other seasons to then uh, bear fruit and do other things. Jesus modeled all of this. Jesus had healthy rhythms in his life. He, he rested. In fact, there are times that Jesus slept when, when we wouldn't think people could sleep like in the middle of a storm. Jesus valued his rest. And then he valued his time alone with God. That's why he would get up in the morning and, and spend time with God before 
interacting with his disciples, before ministering to the crowds, he spent time with God in worship. And then he, he spent time with, with his disciples. Some of that was teaching. Some of it was just fellowship. There were times they just had fish breakfast on the shore of the lake. And they, and they shared meals and I'm sure they laughed and they told stories and, and, and they spent time building each other up. And, and then there were those times when he ministered to the hurting. He healed the sick and he fed the hungry and he uplifted the, the vulnerable, the oppressed. But, but none of these things were his focus all the time. There were rhythms that were uh, healthy in his life. And if we are followers of Jesus, we would do well to imitate him, to do what he did. And then secondly, I would like to state from, from this as well, kind of, kind of grow a little bigger in the picture is that God designed creation with healthy rhythms. It's not just Jesus designing discipleship with healthy rhythms, but creation itself has healthy rhythms. A couple of weeks ago, uh, uh, we had the opportunity to hang out with Daniel, who you see a little bit over here running around on my, on my left. Uh, and uh, we w wanted to take him to see Christmas lights at the Mechanic Convention Center. And we were hanging out in the afternoon where he was supposed to take a nap. And when I tried to put him down for a nap, he wouldn't have it. He just wanted to play. And so he was really active. And so then I said, you know, we're going to go to the store and we're going to go to Starbucks. He knows I'm talking about him. Uh, and, and, uh, and he was ready. We got him in the car seat and we went to the store. And then at the store, he, he started like falling asleep on me. I said, oh, no, you can't go to sleep now. And he said, yes, sleep. And so uh, we got out of the store. We were on our way to Starbucks. I was telling him how I was going to get him some oat milk and strawberries. And he was excited. And then he just knocked out. He fell asleep and, uh, and, and we just kind of had to wait until he woke up. And then uh, we were waiting in the car and we finally went to see the Christmas lights. And when he woke up, he was just like amazed. He thought he was in paradise. And he enjoyed the whole experience fully because he had rested fully. He, he had rested and he was able to enjoy that evening and God designed us to work from our rest rather than to rest from our work. God designed us to work from our rest rather than to rest from our work. You remember the creation story where God is creating uh, something different every day and, and you notice that when he comes and he says, and it was evening and it was morning the first day. You ever catch that? And it says, and it was evening and it was morning the second day. And it was evening and it was morning the third day. You know, in the creation story, the day begins at sunset. It begins in the evening and it ends at the next sunset. That morning follows evening. In the Hebrew mindset, that's the way the, start, the, the day works. For us, we think of our day starting in the morning when the alarm goes off and we're looking for a cup of coffee. And we're just trying to wake up so that, so that we can start our day. But uh, in the Hebrew mindset, the day starts in the evening. And here's the idea, is that you start with rest so that you can be productive the next day. And you know this, right? The, the way that you are productive during the day has much to do with the rest that you got the night before. 
So, so your productivity in the day begins with how you rest the night before. And so when we talk about abiding, we're talking about abiding so that we can be fruitful. We are fruitful out of our abiding. Uh, this past year, I, I decided that I was going to pay more attention to my sleeping habits. I noticed in 2021 that I was getting five to six hours of sleep and, um, and that I was going to sleep at different times at night and waking up at different times in the morning. And I read that, that was not healthy and that was not good. So I decided that I was going to establish a routine. I, I set my devices to, to turn off at a certain time and to turn on at a certain time. And I set a goal for sleeping at least seven hours every night. And, uh, and, and I'm so proud because my devices remind me how I've been meeting my goal. And they congratulate me. So I kind of pat myself on the back. I said, good job, Julio. You're, you're getting good sleep at night so that you can be productive during the day. God designed all of creation to have regular rhythms of rest and work. From the very beginning at creation, God established the Sabbath. Listen, even God took a break. After six days, he rested on the seventh day from his work and, and he made the Sabbath day holy. That means that when, when you rest at least one day a week, you're not only just doing something good, you're doing something holy. He, he rested. And then not only was there a Sabbath every week, but the law of Moses provided for a sabbatical year for the land. Look at Leviticus 25.4. It says this. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. God instructed the Israelites that for six years they could plant and prune and harvest, but on the seventh year, they were supposed to let the land rest. God designed it that way. It is, it is built into his creation to, to rest occasionally, to produce, to rest, to produce every seven years. Not only did God command the rest for the land every seven years, but every seven weeks of years, in other words, seven times seven years, 49 years, there should be a year of Jubilee. Also in Leviticus 25, verse eight, it says this, count of seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Verse 10, consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family, property, and to your own clan. So you see these cycles, you know, every week, every day, there's Evening and day, every week there's a Sabbath. Every seven years is a Sabbath year. Every year there were festivals where people were supposed to stop their work and celebrate what God did among them. And then even every 49 years, there was this year of Jubilee. It's a pattern. It's the way that God has designed things. It means that we should have regular rhythms on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on an annual basis, on a seasonal basis. That, that follow God's pattern. Daily rhythms include good sleep, 
It includes time alone with God. A lot of people struggle with their time alone with God because they're not getting good sleep. They're just getting up just in time to rush to work. But rest and time alone with God, productive work, breaks and meal times are important. I, you know, I, I sometimes am guilty of driving through and just eating in the car. I, I do that sometimes, I try not to. I think it's just important to stop and, and have a meal, even if it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes, but, but mentally and physically and even socially, it's important. I, I am opposed to working lunches. You know, I, I have to do them sometimes, but, but I think, hey, we're working all morning and we're gonna work the afternoon. Let me have my lunch. Let me enjoy my taco. Um, and then there needs to be a stop for the work during the day. The weekly rhythms include a day off when we rest, time when we worship, when we spend time with family and friends. Seasonal and, and yearly rhythms include vacations and extended times of rest, extended time for family and friends, leisure time, a change of activity, even if we're doing something. I mean, rest doesn't mean that we, we're just lying down or being couch potatoes, but it's a change of activity. And when we have these healthy rhythms, then we can be more productive, more fruitful. That's the way that God designed us. And my question to you today is what are, what are the healthy rhythms that you need to establish in your life for 2023? What are the things in your daily routine, in your weekly routine, in your seasons, in your year that, that you need to say, I need to, I need to work is rhythms in my life of rest, of pruning, of growing, and of being busy for the Lord. You know, Jesus started his ministry from rest. You know, when Jesus was baptized by, by John the Baptist, he didn't go straight into work. He went 40 days to the wilderness to be alone with God, to prepare his mind and his heart. And out of that preparation, then he was able to be incredibly fruitful in his ministry. And he sets the standard, he sets the pattern for us. And let me conclude with this. Apart from God, we tend to develop toxic rhythms. You know, I was looking at the mental health statistics for 2022 and, uh, and, and at least in, in some articles, it tells us that one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness. One in five. That means that, um, that if there's 200 of us here, there's about 40 of you that experience something, whether it's anxiety or depression or addiction. One in 20 U.S. adults experience serious mental illness. 17% of our youth, children and adolescents experience a mental health disorder. Now I understand, I really don't understand mental health issues, but, but I know that not all of it is caused by something that you do or something you don't do. There, there are a lot of variables that bring about mental health issues. We live in a fallen world. Sin and its consequences affect all of us. But every time that we ignore God's design, we contribute to our lack of health. Every time we ignore God's way of 
designing things, we, we contribute to our lack of health physically and emotionally and spiritually and relationally. That's why we need to follow those healthy rhythms. On each side of, of the healthy rhythms is abide and bearing fruit. We might also think of, of it as rest and work. And here's the thing. We can create a toxic situation when we overdo either one of these or when we do them wrong. Rest and leisure can be abused and be toxic when they're outside of God's design. For example, if, if we rest from our work rather than work from our rest, we might be so exhausted that, that when we finally get to rest, we binge on our rest. We, we begin to, to, to do rest that is not appropriate. We, we look for substances or, or we look to fill the, the void that we feel. We escape or we medicate, we procrastinate, we avoid and, and we develop toxic patterns in our lives. Whether we binge on food or Netflix or whatever else it is. And then we're tired the next day because we stayed up too late or we ate too much or, 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 or we didn't take care of ourselves. On the other side, work can also be toxic outside of God's design. When we don't rest appropriately, we're not productive in our work, then we begin to create resentment. We resent work. Work becomes more difficult. It seems like it's never ending. It takes us longer to get things done. You know, when you're grumpy and when you're in a bad mood, it's, you're just not as productive. That things don't go as well. And the other way that work can be toxic is, is when you become addicted to work. You know, to be a workaholic is just as unhealthy as having any other addiction. People who abuse work are, are performance-driven instead of being grace-driven. They're, they're looking for approval constantly. They're, they're searching that approval that God has already given you in Christ. You become anxious and you become focused on self-effort rather than relying on God. And I'm just going to confess that I fall into that from time to time. And that's why I appreciate the invitation of Jesus that says, abide. Abide in me. And he invites us to be fruitful from an ongoing communion and dependence on him. There he will renew us. He will prune us. He will cleanse us. He will grow us. Most of you know that I'm taking a sabbatical this coming week. After 12 years of serving as lead pastor here at Calvary, I'm given 12 weeks by you to be on a sabbatical, to refresh, to reflect, um, to rest, to study, and hopefully to come back renewed in a way that I can be more productive. I've shared some articles with you through my blog about pastoral sabbaticals, and some of them provide statistics about how some pastors burn out, how some pastors leave the ministry, uh, how some pastors experience mental illness and other things. And, and I don't want to be a statistic. I'm, I'm so glad that you care about my health and that you've given me this opportunity. And I, and I just want to thank you for that. And I, I want to conclude 
our time today reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. And, I, and as I think about this passage, I think about these healthy rhythms. I, I think about this opportunity for sabbatical. I think about the people that we've lost this week and the way things change. And this passage, I think, ministers to me. I hope it ministers to you. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a, lo a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. God made everything beautiful in its time. I encourage you as we begin this new year to abide in Christ, to learn the healthy rhythms, rhythms that God has designed, to enjoy every season, every week, every aspect of your life, to do good, to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in all your work. This is the gift of God. Would you bow your head with me? as you think about how God's word has spoken to you. I wanna encourage you to think about your spiritual, your physical, your emotional, mental, and relational health. Which, which of these areas do you need God to be working on this year? And how can you establish some healthy daily weekly, seasonal, and yearly rhythms in your life so that you can be a fruitful follower of Jesus.